0: That song couldn't introduce this message better. Thank you so much, team, for being in the Spirit. Today I want to talk about a subject that is still um, coming into light or understanding in my own life. Uh, You know, the, the Old Testament was written to be like a shadow or a type or a picture of what the New Testament or the new walk in our life could be. What I mean by that is that the Old Testament uh, speaks of these times and places, um, characters, whether they're prophets, whether they're judges, um, whether they're kings, queens, uh, just uh, people that are in this place of faith, wandering, wondering why isn't God showing up? Where is God going to show up? And... Uh, And then we move into the the New Testament, Jesus comes on this this earth, and the Bible says, at the perfect time. You know, if you were part of those 4,000 years before Jesus um, was here, I will guarantee you that you would have said, show up earlier. And I think so many times we're in that same place. You would say, Jesus, show up earlier. Yesterday, I found myself um, at the zoo, John Paul Park Zoo with my wife and um, a couple of my kids and, and a couple of my grandkids, or actually one of my grandkids and a relative of my grandchild. And, and uh, I was wondering, you know, why am I here? We, it was a bigger plan than what we had originally had. And, and I'm looking, and I'm not seeing animals. I'm seeing all these crazy Legos. And to be honest, I didn't come there for the Legos. I came there to see the animals. Well, I, you know, I'll get to that point. but and I'm look, And then... Little did I know was while we were praying that the Lord was going to speak to me about the Legos, that all of those Legos that I really didn't give a rip about, but I noticed, and I'm not a detailist. Anybody knows me very much. I'm a kind of a visionary, big picture person, future. Sometimes I make a, my, my wife always says this, she goes, you're always making a wake and that, you know, and it's messy, it's turbulent. You ever been behind a boat and it's all this turbulent waters behind it? That's me. And uh, he says, you and sometimes you're not taking care of all the turbulence that you're, and then I get, I go, I'm sorry, you know. And, and uh, well, anyway, I was looking at the details and some of these Legos are 82,000 plus pieces to build. And God goes, what happens if that 82,000 piece only has 80,000 pieces in it? You can't see, it doesn't have, even though there's 80,000 pieces in the Lego, you still don't know what it is. And God says, that's what I'm doing with my people when they make sacrifices. Every sacrifice you give, I don't want you to ever forget this message. Every sacrifice that you give, you're putting another Lego in the shape so that God's people, A, can see who you are. Because God, first of all, wants his children to see who you are. First and foremost, who you really are and what God made you to be, the church should see first. Second is the world would see you, that the world would see who you are. So every time you lift up a sacrifice of praise, every service you go to, every, every morning you wake up and give a sacrifice of praise, what are you doing? You're putting another Lego on, your shape of who you are. You according to second or 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5, you are a spiritual house that God is making with spiritual sacrifices. I never really saw this until I really began to study what God was showing me. He goes, look, you're still in the outer court, and so many people want to go and have this inner court experience. I've, I've had people go, why is it, Pastor, when I go to a mission trip that I see these, these activities, and I see you know, this, this like, inner court experience, I, I feel so close to God, and, and I see miracles happen, and I, I, I begin to get connected to God, and i go tell you why, it's because you've made such a spiritual sacrifice. In one week's time, you probably put 1,000 Legos in that, situ- in that spiritual house. You probably put that many Legos in one time, and all of a sudden God goes, you're taking such great shape in this hour of your walk. And I, I look at that in my life. And so, you know, a couple weeks ago, we said in Psalms, and we're going to turn there in a minute, Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving, so I go, look, you're not, even, you're not even in a gate until you have a thankful heart. You want to get close to God, then you have to be thankful. I've had some people actually share with me, even you know, um, correspond with me in some emails and, and some messages and saying, Pastor, thank you for that message. It's changed my life. Because you can't get close to God. God won't allow that closeness that you have. Even though he's there, you won't feel the presence of who he is in your life unless you are thankful. You won't feel his presence even though he's there you won't thankful second one is is that we now that we, what's the first thing you're going to do in effect if you could put that i hopefully john had it, i gave you time to put that sanctuary look see the first, you're you're in the gate with thanksgiving what's the first thing you see when you come into that outer court is an altar and what do you do with that altar you offer a sacrifice you offer a sacrifice and today, too little a to talk is going on of how important sacrificial living is in a Christian's walk. In fact, if you will study time where there are Christians that have always lived, and you know a lot of that sacrifice came through persecution, through hardships, but many times there's a sacrificial walk. People press into all God has when they're going through hardships. Why? Because in that hardship times, that's when you're offering so many sacrifices. So don't, it's not that God wants you to have a hardship, it's that what happens is is your perspective of offering sacrifices is already lit up. You go into his gates with thanksgiving, and the first place you do is you're still in the outer court. You're going, I need to offer my life as a sacrifice. Romans 12, it says that, you know what, God calls it a reasonable service that you offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice. So when you don't offer your life as a living sacrifice, you're being as the Bible would say, unreasonable. Have you ever met somebody that's unreasonable? I mean, sometimes it feels like the world today is unreasonable in, in, in the situations and how they respond to things. And so you know what I'm talking about buddy. But you know what? I, I really look at our lives and go, you know what, just take me as I am. And God, I love, Pat, my mentor said this, says God loves you just the way you are. Pastor Wayne said this, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. Which means his love is going to change you. His love is going to change. You've already had a few people say, Pastor, how was your vacation? My vacation was um, just, it was lit up with Jesus in my heart. The best part of my vacation was, is the intentionality that I had about having devotions with my kids. And you know, when you have uh, a three grandchildren that are underneath the age of three, how many realize that can bring some interruptions to that situation? In fact, we had one child that was literally, I believe my daughter-in-law said she had six teeth come in during that 10 days. So, she's in pain. She's creating, saying, look, I'm in pain. I'm trying to let all you guys know that I'm in pain. And, you know, so my point is that we had a lot of distractions, but we still were intentional. Intentional about those places. And even to the point where we, um, had, uh, we went through the book of Ephesians with Right Now Media. How many of you have ever heard of Right Now Media? Raise your hand. How many of you have never heard of Right Now Media? Put your hands up if you've never heard of Right Now Media. All right. We as a church have been given this license that every one of you guys can use. And I am not the guy. If you come to this altar and look for technical help, You're more lost than I'm not, okay? I am not a technical person. I want to be, but I'm not. All right, my son-in-law, who goes, over, hey, Dad, give me your phone, and he goes over and takes it right now media and throws it over there on the TV screen, and then now we're watching what was on my phone, now is on the TV, and I'm thinking, this is so cool, all this technical tools that we have, and all of this, I believe me, I believe that we should be using this for Jesus and his glory, amen? And I struggle with it, in fact, sometimes I want to just run away from it just because of the frustration of it, but I'm so thankful that, you know what, I don't have to be gifted in everything. Because there are people around me that are gifted in other areas. So my job was to create an environment, and this is what all ministry is. Whether you're, a, you know, and, and all of us, according to Psalm 78, is our job to raise the next generation in Jesus. So my job is just to create a space where God can do His work. You know, when, we didn't have Right Now Media when I first got saved. Right Now Media, there's, there's there, you can, there, there are uh, teachings, unbelievable video Podcasts to go on just where you'll just be so engaged. I mean great teachers. Go there, you can be so engaged. So we chose one on Ephesians. And you know when what happened through it, uh, I can only tell you that each time w- what really hit me was listening to my kids' hearts and my wife's heart about what God was showing them. And how different it was than from mine. We we went through the same we went through the same 20-minute <laughs> video and God spoke that and that, and that, and that, and it was such a blessing to hear how God was speaking into a heart, a vessel, and what it really showed, we made a spiritual sacrifice of time. We made an altar place. We had that, can we please put that picture up there again? We had that altar place, we are in Fort Lauderdale, there's a lot of other things we could have chose to do in that time, but we cr- created this altar moment, and now I'll tell you what God showed up. How in the world are we going to ever raise a generation that taste the goodness of God if we don't have those altar moments with God? Amen? You say, Pastor, I don't know how to do that, I'm trying to train you and teach you. In fact, we're going to be having another meeting with the elders, um, they've been, we've been meeting every Monday for weeks. Uh, and and we're trying to create a uh, a, a desire or actually not desire a pathway where we could come and visit homes, and that we could come into your living room, hopefully invited, all right, and we could just take some time, maybe watch a right now you know meeting together and just seek God and taste and see that the Lord is good, and that He's not just good here in this space. He's good wherever you give Him space. Amen? He's good wherever you give Him space. And maybe you don't even know where to start. We want to help you in that endeavor. Psalms, or actually Matthew chapter 16, which is the opening passage I want to share with you, comes, and I'm going to start with verse 22, but before I do that, Jesus has just disclosed this intimate secret, this intimate place with His disciples, and you know he's he's having a a you might say this this heartfelt conversation with his friends, and they don't like what they're hearing. And and Jesus has said that I'm I'm going to be offered as a sacrifice. I'm going to go to the I'm going I'm going to be hung on a cross basically, and and uh, you know it's going to be a, a gruesome situation, and I'm going to pick up at the response that Jesus has with Peter, one of his closest friends. All right, here we are, verse 22. But Peter took Jesus aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. What things? That he was going to be a sacrifice. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view not from God's. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be a follower of me, you must give up on your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your own life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? It's anything worth more than your soul. For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father, will judge all the people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Second Samuel chapter 24. And we're, again, we're talking about Legos, we're talking about sacrifices. We're talking about that place. We enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, I'm trying to share with you. This is a journey that all of us should want to be on every single day of our life. God, I want to draw near to you. I want everything you have for my life. I know that you've called me to a high call. I know that you have a high purpose in my life. And you know what? It's not pastor's job to show it to me. It's not to my elders' job to show it to me. It's nobody else. It's you know what? I need to draw near unto you. And here's the journey of drawing near. We're gonna, you know what? Next week we'll be talking more about it. But right now the journey is first of all you have to have a what kind of heart. Thank you. Over here, we got it. A thankful heart. Second thing is, is we need to have sacrifices in our life. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to let go of you. There are things you're going to have to let go. There's going to be things of your time, there's going to be things of your, You know, what? some of us, I remember the first thing that, that God asked me to give up, I remember in getting in a church like this. Because, you know, believe it or not, for guests sometimes, y'all are awkward. You start seeing people that are so given to being excited about Jesus, and I know we have a great team, but when you're a newcomer into a church like this, and you've never been in a church like this, y'all are awkward. And so I remember when I was in an awkward space, yet I loved God, and I wanted so much. I wanted more of God. What does that mean? And all of a sudden i see these people clapping their hands. And it wasn't because they were at a football game, or a soccer game, or whatever. They were clapping their hands, and I didn't really understand I thought, well, it's not that hard. And, but yet, I couldn't seem to do it. It's like my hands were locked, because I thought if I clap my hands, I'm drawing attention to myself, and I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want anybody. I had no idea that it was for Him. I had no idea. That I was going to, when I clap my hands, the Bible says that, clap ye your hands, all ye people, praising him, clap, which means this was a sacrifice, this is a Lego of worship to God. I had no idea that. Nobody ever taught me that. That every time I'm clapping my hands, that I'm building this spiritual house of worship. And that was the first place I did that. And the other one was giving. I used to tip God, and never gave to God. Came, you know, the offering plate would go by there. and I said, "Well, don't want to give a tip to God, because that's what I saw all the people do, you know? But then I realized that God wanted me to give a sacrificial offering, a sacrificial offering. I was sharing with um, one of the uh, elders this morning, so I, I don't think I've shared this story with a lot of you. And um, years ago, when God had blessed me in my building business. Um, I, had, I had seven kids so I needed a big vehicle I, we bought a Suburban and, and then uh, I had another Suburban so I had two Suburbans in the garage and I remember I was walking I had a cup of coffee in my hand I'm walking out on, the, on my uh, driveway and God says turn around so I turn around and God goes bit much ain't it I went what he goes you think you need two of those I go no sir I don't he says well, you, I don't want you to sell that Sell one of those. Give it to me. I said, all right. So I put the, you know put it up for sale. Person comes in. Uh, and, and I get weird situations. God gets me into weird places. Okay? And the guy goes, You want to trade? And I'm like, I go, Well, <laughs> what do you got? He goes, Well, I got that. It's a Black Buick Park Avenue. And everything, everything inside of me goes, oh no. No, 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 no. That's not me at all. Not at all, you know? Uh, maybe a Nissan 370Z, or maybe, you know, an uh, 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 Infiniti, or something with, something with an E, not a you know, Park Avenue. All right? Sounds like the last car. If I was to go in a, a car lot, that would be, and that's a great car, that would be the last car Ron Rands would pick. Not ever. It's a great car. The guy goes, that's your car. <laughs> Oh, Lord, it's not. No, it isn't. He says, no, it is. <laughs> Offer up a spiritual, God was teaching me a sacrifice. I can boastfully say to God, it was the best car I ever owned, and it's not because it was a Buick. I don't think I've ever owned a Buick since, and I don't have any problem with Buicks. It's not. It's the best car I ever owned. The guy says there's only two things wrong with the car. The front wheel bearings out, it's making a lot of noise, grinding noise. I'm kind of mechanically inclined, so I knew what he's talking about. He says, the rear window, don't use it, it doesn't work. The thing doesn't, if it goes, it'll go down, but it'll never go back up. And I'm thinking, God, and I'm not kidding, you've had this discussion. I said, Lord, this is your car. I'm not fixing nothing. You can fix it, I'm driving this thing. I remember driving it, and I remember going over there, and the thing had brand new tires on it. Okay? White walls. I don't drive cars with white walls. I remember the first, one of the first times I'm driving that, like the first week I'm in it. I, I'm a young man at this time, okay? I'm, a, I'm only in my 30s, and I'm driving this, and I'm going into um, uh, my wife and I, I don't it was just her and I, and we're going into this development, and I think it was because I was building a home, I don't remember, if I think I was building a house in one of that development. And these kids ran out of the car, out of their driveway, running down the road, Grandpa! I'm 30! And I just looked at my wife, I go, seriously? So point is, is that car, I drove over 100,000 miles on, I never fixed the wheel bearing, somehow it fixed itself. Or I had an angel all the way on the side of that car the whole duration I owned that vehicle. God loves and connects with your obedience, but you will never, ever learn how to have a victorious life until you're willing to make up sacrifices. You are never going to get in the inner court of God's presence unless you're a person who's willing to make sacrifices. I remember the time where I went from clapping my hands to all of a sudden, remember, you know, because this isn't that hard, but somehow your arms can't do this. Do you know what I'm talking about, worshiping God like this? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is one form of sacrifice, but somehow there is a weight on your arms that can't lift up past the, you know, the neckline. It's like. And you're looking around, you realize that you're lifting up a sacrifice? It's a sacrifice. It isn't for the person next to you, it's so that God can build this Lego of who you are. And the world sees who you are, and the church sees who you are. He's trying to build a worship of who he is in your life. And so that resistance is the enemy, and it's also your life, because see, when you're self-conscious, It does not want your life to be a sacrificial offering to God. Self-consciousness doesn't want to do that. That's why Adam, even after he sinned, God wanted him to be in his presence, and Adam runs from God. And God, what does he do? He goes to find him out, and God creates a clothing for him, not the glory he once had, but a clothing for him, and what was that clothing? It was a sacrifice. It was the first step of glory that God was showing Adam. He goes, look, the way back to me is to offer a sacrifice, and so we find the first story of two people, Cain and Abel, and the one goes, I don't want to offer a sacrifice sacrifice. And God goes, look, sin or self-conscious lies at your door, Cain. The only way back to me is, to listen to the story that Adam and your mom and dad said, mom and dad said, look, we sinned against God, and the way back to him was to have a sacrifice. Christianity is not without sacrifice. Getting close to God was not without sacrifice. And we don't sit there in glory in our sacrifice and go, look what I did, God. No, what we do is we offer it in humility to God and say, God, you, 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 desire, you deserve much better than this, but thank you for the opportunity to give it nonetheless. We'll talk about how some of those sacrifices are. 2 Samuel chapter 24, David. David had just done a census. And what his census was is he wanted to see how big his army was how great of team he built. And even though his commander told him, don't do this, don't do this sinful thing, he did it anyway. And after it, this, this thing he did, which was literally against God, because God had built it, not David, what happens is, is that David finds himself in this place of sin. He finds himself going, look, I, I, need, to, I need to get back to God. I've, I've walked away from God. i walked away from that. I've, I've knocked some of the Legos off the shape of who you are in my life. I need to get back to who God is. And we find this place where David offers up a, say it with me, a sacrifice. 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 18 says, That day Gad came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor. Of Aruna, the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded. And when Aruna saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed before the king and his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord the king? Aruna asked. David replied, I've come to buy your threshing floor and build an altar to the Lord so that he will stop this plague. Take it, my lord the king. Use it as you wish. Aruna said to David, here are the oxen for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing boards and the oxy oaks for the wood and build a fire. I will give it all to you, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. The king replied to Aruna, he says, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor and the oxen. And David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer. Body of Christ, walking closer to God. In fact, I'm doing this, uh, my wife and I are doing this, uh, basically this devotional right now on Peter. And we didn't really understand this, what was going on. And I guess we had pictures of it, but not really that close and in and peter is is sharing with his people and sharing with god's elect saying look you're there is a time right now that you're going through of such heavy persecution hang on to god with encouragement hang on to god with hope hang on to who he is don't forget who you are you're god's elect you're god's kids don't forget who you are. And so many times when we go through our hardships, what's the first thing that Satan wants to do? Make you forget who you are. You're God's kid. And isn't that what Satan did to Jesus when he's hungry for 40 days and 40 nights? If, you're, if God's so about you, then why is this going on in your life? Trying to get, trying to get Jesus to forget who he was and is. So number one in your study, this is what I have, approaching our king is no small thing. Approaching God is no small thing. It's a big deal. Every Sunday we have this opportunity to approach, and whether the the drummer starts on time or or I love Pastor Jenna goes over there and says, we get a restart. It doesn't matter. I got to restart every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday. I got to restart every single day. In Psalms 100, it says this, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him, sing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He makes us and we are his. And sheep of his pasture, enter his gates with... Thanksgiving. Go to his courts with praise. See... It talks about getting into his courts. So, the first thing that I'm gonna tell you something you offer into that court and you go into that altar place, put that picture back up there again. The first place, a sacrifice right there at that altar is praise. See, you can be thankful, you can have a thankful heart, but praise is the expression of it. Praise him for your marriage. Praise Him that you get to be a parent. Praise Him that you get to go to work the next day. Praise Him for your health. Praise Him for His plan for your life. Praise Him that, you know what, that He has a design, a desire for you to even hang out with you. Praise Him that today is another day that the Lord has made. Praise Him. Number two, getting close to our King is even bigger. Which means this: that you know um, there is reasons why so many people don't experience all that God has for their life. You know, is they 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 treat God as common. He's not a big deal. God is a huge deal. In fact, um, I believe it's God's mercy that doesn't allow us to get too close. Because see, when you get the closer you get. The, the, the more accountability that you have. It, you know, like they, they say in leadership, you know, everybody goes, the, the higher you get, in, in, uh, whether it be in the church or whether it be in a business or whatever, the more accountability that there is. Which means all of a sudden there's a, the, the, the lens of you making mistakes, um, is uh, you, you, you don't get the grace. You understand? Because you're an example. In fact, I, you know, my pastor taught me this, and it's fun to listen to other people I'm teaching. They go, Everybody does what 80% of what you do. So if if I come to work with a slothful and and, and sluggish attitude and everything else, that means that people that are following me are gonna be 80% of that. And if I'm already coming in with 60%, Multiply times .8, that's 48%. And we wonder why the world, or sometimes why our kids, when going over there, and, they're, and they're, they're, their whole activity of worship is really not, you know, it just doesn't seem to be participative of who God is. It's because we're not showing them, getting in front of it, and expressing how big God is. Well, in Leviticus chapter 10, we capture this moment that seems to be so not God-like, like, it seems almost harsh. Why would God do such a harsh thing? Leviticus chapter 10. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire different than he had commanded. So that fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up, and they died right before the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I will display my holiness through those who come near me. I will display my glory before all the people. And Aaron was silent. He just lost two of his children. Why does it seem like we, we, we say, well, how can a God of love, and, and people today go, well, God's so full of love, he would never send anybody to hell. God doesn't send anybody to hell. You're already on your way to hell until you take the ticket to heaven with Jesus. Everybody's on their way to hell. Every person, every person, when they come to the acknowledgement. every child, let me get this, every child is born on their way to heaven. But when a child grows up, And comes to the age of what we call accountability and says, I would like to do it my way. I know this is the right way. God's way is the right way. But I'd like to do it my way. Then that child comes to that pace, what we call the age of accountability, where they choose rebellion or they choose the consciousness of, of sin or the consciousness of self over God. So now that they're a young adult moving into adulthood, now they have to become what we call reborn, born again. They have to accept Jesus. They have to surrender their lives Into God's hands, a baby doesn't need to do that, but a child or goes into a young adult needs to accept Christ and become born again, a child of God. Well, what happens in Nadab and Abihu? They had experienced God's goodness. In fact, you can capture it, we're not going to turn there, but in chapter 9, you find that Nadab and Abihu were Aaron's sons, and they had watched and witnessed their dad offer up, and their uncle, offer up the sacrifice to God. And what had happened is they put this thing at the altar, and they prayed, and then they had done everything according to God's divine order, and all of a sudden the, the Bible says that this fire right from heaven went, whoo, and consumed the offering. This is chapter 9. We move into chapter 10, and then Nadab and Abihu goes, ah, I was going to do it differently. God has a way. He is a holy God, and he has a holy way about your life. That's why I believe some people are never experiencing all God has. is because they're trying to mimic somebody else's life. You know, when we looked at the uh, park yesterday, and there was, they had shark, they had elephant, they had tigers, they had uh, emus. They had every kind of animal made out of these Legos. You know, and, and I'll guarantee you one, the, the, the shark didn't at all look like the bear. I would never mistake the shark for a bear. And yet today, we walk in the body of Christ and we see what God does in somebody else's life because we feel like, wow, man, God's really doing a, a great work in their life. I would like to be them. And so they begin to go over there and mimic or try to offer up the sacrifices that maybe they're offering, and God's trying to speak to your heart. But because you're not drawing near to God, you're drawing near to them. And so all you're doing is trying to, have, what the Bible has a thing that's called a form of religion. It's just a format. People go to church every, just because you go to church doesn't make you a Christian. Because you go to the church, doesn't make you a Christian. What shapes you in Christ is your surrender to God, and you offering up your life as a living sacrifice, and that God's speaking to you and talking to you. He says, my people hear my voice. And God wants to speak to you. And so in this this whole altar, can we put the thing back up there again, please? All right, you see the inner court, that tent and the inner court? We're going to get there. We're going to get there in the next couple weeks. What is that like? Nadab and Abihu were in that inner court. They weren't on the outer court. God would, have never, God would have never disciplined them in the way that they were disciplined, but they had an inner court experience. They knew, they saw, they didn't see a shadow of God. They saw God. They experienced who He was. Hebrews chapter six, it says, For those who have tasted the Holy Spirit and all of His goodness, There remains no more way if they go off for them to come back. There's a way to, I'm sharing with you is that we, some of us, we really long and want all that God has for our life. We want miracles. And we want signs and wonders. We want the power of God to be demonstrated through our life, but the only way that's going to happen is if you get in that inner court, because it isn't you that does it. It's the power of God in you and that rests on your life, and because you've had that walk with God and talk with God, and you're an inner court experience with God, that's when God says, we're going to do this together. You're not on the outer court. You're in the inner court, but when it comes in the inner court, you've tasted how great he is. There comes a responsibility to walk in that holiness. There comes a responsibility to walk in that light. You don't go back all the way through the outer court. You stay in the presence. You're a priest of the Most High. And God, so many of us go, where are all these wonders and signs? And God's going, he's saying, look, for those who come near me, I must be treated as holy and not common. We have a way of making God common today. Number three, offering sacrifices keep perspective. Why do we want to offer? Why do we want to clap our hands? Why do we want to lift up our hands? Why do we want to give? They keep perspective. Why do you want to go to church services? They keep perspective that, listen, you know, Even though I'm going through life's difficulties, even though I may be punching a clock on Monday all the way through Friday, even though I'm going, you know what, I'm, I, I come home and the kids are crying and yelling and screaming and I got to get money to feed them or I got to get food, all these crazy life experiences, there is a spiritual form of worship as well as a earthly form of activity. And so these spiritual sacrifices keep perspective. And you know what, we need to have perspective more than just on Sunday, amen? And some of us, we only go over there and get that perspective. So praising God, being thankful to God, keeps perspective. Giving, it's a form of worship, sacrificial worship to God. Sacrifice of self, when, you, when God asks you to maybe fast, you go on a fast, or, or maybe it's time like devotions. And you would say, God, I'm offering this up to you. Oh, show who, God, I want to see who you really are. Lead me to the right devotion. I mean, I'm asking God even, lead me to the right devotion. Before we went on our vacation time, I said, God, lead me to the right devotion for the family. And I remember struggling one particular day and uh, because we were going through the book of Ephesians, and my son Nick was... um, in front with me today, and, and he's the uh, only one that's not married, in the, you know, and we're not with, you know, and so I knew that we are going to go through Ephesians chapter 4, and, he's, and Ephesians chapter 3, he really liked, and, and he goes, I want to go stay with Ephesians. I'm thinking, man, we're going to be talking about marriage, we're going to be talking about parenting, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I just thought, okay, so what do we do? We went through, went through that teaching, and, and you know, he struggled. He said, I don't see how this is applicable, you know, in my life, dad. I said, see, here's the thing about God's word is God's word is not only supposed to be corrective, it's supposed to be directive. And see, it seems like the only time we get close to God is when we need correction. I said, why don't get close to God and get direction so you don't need correction? So get in the word. Find out what a good husband is, what a good father is, before you realize, like your dad did, do it wrong. (laughs) How many times have I had to get in the word and go, oh, I'm so tired of doing it wrong, and get Corrected. Why not get in the word and get directed how to be a husband, how to be a father, how to be a businessman, how to be an employee? God's word is full of all these truths. Sacrifice. Number four, sacrifice will strengthen your heart to follow and obey. You know the obedient, you know the thing is that God really wants you to do? Is obey him. But you're not, really, not going to be ready to obey him until you're willing to make a sacrifice. Because, see, obedience is real. And when God asks you to obey, like he asked me to obey, and he's done that that crazy Buick Park Avenue thing. Okay? And, you know, for you, maybe some of you go, well, Pastor, I'd be so thankful for a Buick Park Avenue. Uh, That's cool. Anyway, so (laughs) what's in me at that hour in my life? Okay? And you got to remember, I didn't have any debt. I didn't owe any money. to the God wasn't asking me to get rid of it because I had debt he was asking me to make a sacrifice, and I don't know what your sacrifice is. It's all different for all of us, but I'm going to tell you something, a life without it will never get in the inner court. You want to get in the inner court, you're going to have to have a life of, say it with me, church, sacrifices. You're going to have to have a life of sacrifices. God will ask you to sacrificially praise Him. God will ask you to ask you over there sacrificially worship Him. He'll ask you to make sacrifices in your time. He'll ask you sometimes going, "Look, I want you to go on a special diet. I want you to give up coffee for a while." And God, you know, there's nothing wrong with coffee. Because God will ask you to do it. You know why? Just because He wants to go over there. He's wanting, He's training you to obey Him. If you can't get, if you're not willing to give up coffee. How in the world are you going to be ready when God says, I want you to go pray for that person right across, right across the, you know, your workplace? I want you to go get in front of all your coworkers, lay hands on them, and speak the name of Jesus in life. If you're not willing to give up coffee, you're never going to do that. And that's what God's training you to do. So when you feel those places, in fact, you know what the thing is? is? When people see those sacrifices that you're making, they begin to see who you really are. This sacrifice will so strengthen your heart to follow and obey. And we're, we're closing on this. Number five, the inner court will lead to hearing his plan. How many of you want to hear what God has to say for your life? You'll hear his plan. So many um, times where I connect with people on an individual time, they say, hey, Pastor, I Pastor, I just want to do what God wants me to do. And, you know, I, I struggled so many times. In fact, I wish I would have had this message Thirty years ago in my life, to be truthful with you, um, I didn't really know what to say or what to do. And if I if if I do a reflection on my walk, the greatest places of of maturity in my walk came right after those altar sacrificial moments. Every time, whether it was. You know, me dying to self, I can remember a time and I wanted to be a, a pastor of a church like this. And I was a um, assistant pastor of Resurrection Life in Grand, Grand Haven. And I was watching other people um, get promoted. And even Pastor Randy, who's in our, I remember when he got in the ministry and, and uh, I just remember just coveting that opportunity. Really did. And I thought, God, what's wrong with me? You know, what, you know, you know what's wrong with me? And what I didn't re- recognize is there were sacrifices that God was training me in. And I remember coming to the altar, and, and some of you guys need to have this today. I remember coming to the altar, and God says, where you are today isn't good enough. And you know, when you have God speak to you, something like that, or it's, it's like you have this resonating thought. It's not like, you with great sin, you go to altar and get on knee and ask for forgiveness. That's not how it comes at all. I mean, I, just, I wish it was like that. Maybe I don't, I don't know. But so anyway, the point is, is that it, this impression goes, you know, I, I come to the altar and go, God, why, why, what, what's wrong with me? Why, why, why did I get passed over again? And God goes, so what, what you're doing isn't enough. Oh God, yes it is, I'm sorry. I'm, please forgive me for, for ever, ever challenging who you are, that you, you're, you're, the, you're the guy that's, you're, you're the, um, what do they call I'm the clay and he's the, the potter. I'm sorry God for arguing with the potter again. Please forgive me. And I wish I would say I was so mature, I did, but I argued with God once again about four months later. And God did say, and finally I died. See, remember what we've read in Matthew 16. Peter saying, I, 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 Jesus, you're not going to die. No, that's not, that's not my picture of who you are. And Jesus going, get behind me, devil. He's not talking to Peter like he's the devil. The plan that Peter has and the design is selfish. And if you were to say to any of you, all of us are selfish, All of us have a tendency to want what we want, even when we feel it's something in the Bible that's a beautiful thing. What Peter wanted was Jesus to be a lion and come back and judge the world. And the Bible talked about that and promised it. And so don't get too hard on Peter. Peter's just attached to something that wasn't in that timeline. It wasn't the sacrifice. It wasn't the shape that God had. And that's exactly what God's done in my life. You're not ready, son. So here's the things that God is always doing. He's either getting you ready for what he's about to do, or he's doing it inside of you. And then next thing is, is that you're supposed to be thankful and sacrificially praise don't get caught up. And then he's going to do something new inside of you. He's always trying. Let me tell you something. I saw these animals that looked amazing with 82,000 Legos. And I thought line upon line. In fact, you know what's really funny? Is if you study it, it's literally the word that God says line upon line. And his word is Lego. That's what it is. It's in the, it's in the Greek. Lego, build. That's what God wants to do in your life. And how many times have I resisted the potter to put one more Lego on so I could be what he wanted me to look like? I don't want to be shapeless. I don't want to be a form that people look at and go, what What is that? that? I mean, why do I want to be a Christian if that's what it looks like? I want to be something where Wow. That that it's not fully shaped. I'm not. But I can start to see Christ. I can see that that, that's that's what I want in my life. I want not not him, but not her, but what Christ is inside. Just please bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're here this morning and your life, your heart, your consciousness of who you are is vacant of having Jesus present, which means you close your eyes, bow your heads, bow your head, and and you pray, but the presence of God is never apparent. You hear other people talk about it, and you're here today Say, "I, I want that. That comes through surrender that comes through a sacrifice of you saying, I, 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 Jesus, I need your forgiveness in my life. Maybe you're watching this right now on TV. Whatever the situation is, don't leave this moment when Jesus is knocking on the door of hearts today and he's longing for you to be present you to be engaged with his love and his forgiveness or maybe you're here and you've turned your back you've, maybe life has brought you into circumstances where you're frustrated you're not thankful you're certainly not offering sacrifices of, of praise or, or, or any kind of sacrifices of life to, to God and drawing closer to him today's the time God's not going to come to me all oh, you are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest, God says. It won't be of this world, but it'll be in His presence, where He brings a peace and a presence of who He is in your life that doesn't make any sense to this world. But it's because it's supposed to make a heavenly deposit in your heart. Taste and see that He's so good. Either one of those scenarios are you? I want you to raise your hand, nice and high. Anybody here? Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? Thank you for that hand. Maybe you're watching the sun too. Do you know what? Just bow your heads with me right now. Let's all pray this prayer. Say, Father in heaven, in Jesus' name, I'm taking a step in because I love you, God, and you offered the greatest sacrifice. You died on the cross for my sins, and I accept your love, your forgiveness. I acknowledge you as King of my life and I surrender all to you. I surrender in Jesus name. I'm all yours. Amen. Let's stand up and let's worship our King together. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved, ask for prayer, share your story, go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.